Hello. Today's Tuesday. And you know what Tuesday is, right? That's right. It's a brand new episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. I don't know if you guys and gals heard, but there's a brand new Spider-Man movie coming out this week. I, th- I think. I don't know. I've been living under a rock. All I do is this show and sleep. Either way, to celebrate, Lucas and I decided to talk about 2004 Spider-Man 2, which most people consider one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. I'm inclined to agree with that. Not top my list, but it's up there. So, without further ado, here's today's episode, Spider-Man 2. It's good to have you back, Spider-Man. There's a hero in all of us. Newsweek says, Spider-Man 2 really soars. If my enemies found out about you, I can never forgive myself. Four stars hails USA Today. Wow. Go get him, Tiger. Utterly amazing. Roger Ebert raves. It's the best superhero movie I've ever seen. And welcome back to the Couch Potato Podcast. My name is Russ, and joining me once again is New Carlisle's most handsome man, Mr. Lucas Cydrus. Lucas, wow. how are you doing tonight, my friend? What a title. Man, that's like fucking winning the best car and like, I don't know, out of uh, the junkyard. Well, it's, it's a good title to have. That means you are a town's most handsome man. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. I, I am doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but I, it kind of uh, totally slipped uh, through my radar, but uh, you know Marvel's got a new movie coming out this week? Really? Yeah, it's uh, Spider-Man. Huh, really? Yeah, another, get out of town, another, right? Another collaboration between uh, Sony and uh, Marvel? Yeah, they. I didn't even know they had a new Spider-Man movie coming out. Man, where have we been? Right. Um, well, to celebrate the release of Spider-Man No Way Home, we are going to discuss Spider-Man 2. And we're not talking about the shitty, amazing Spider-Man 2 with Andrew Garfield. No, we're talking about Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire... The one that's directed by Sam Raimi. Arguably so one of the, considered by many, be one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. Uh, I don't know. What, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, it's definitely one of the better ones for sure. Um, I remember I've seen this movie like 48 times or so. Mm-hmm. It's because it's just that good. It's just you can rewatch it over and over again. It's just fun. And also to capitalize on what you said about this is an amazing Spider-Man 2, so it's not Spider-Man 2 2? Well, you know, actually they had a release where they put in some extra footage. It was called Spider-Man 2.2 or something like that, 2.1. Really? Yeah, I remember when uh, I started working at a certain electronics retailer. They released a special edition DVD that had, uh, it was like 15 or 20 minutes of extra footage. I'm not sure, but yeah, it was called Spider-Man 2.1. Or 2.2. Interesting. I did not know that. Right. I did not watch that version of this. I watched the one that you would have seen in theaters. Uh, okay. Yeah, I wonder I wonder what would have been different on there. Probably not a lot. Probably nah. just a uh, little more meat on the bone, but nothing of substance. Kind of um, when you get that gigantic right. steak, it's like, oh, man, this thing is huge, but then it turns out it's like nothing but fat. <laughs> That's why this thing was only $10. Right. Um, but, yeah, where would you rank this amongst the best superhero movies of all time? Because uh, 
I mean, when this came out, there wasn't a ton. Now, of course, there's a new superhero movie every three or four months. Uh, probably top ten, just because there's been so many excellent releases from the cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. Plus, not even just counting Marvel, there's been some excellent uh, DC Batman movies. So, probably probably top ten. I wouldn't say top five, but definitely top ten. Uh, rewatching it today, uh, I would probably put it. Because I, I honestly don't think it's the best Spider-Man movie. I still think it's Into the Spider-Verse is the best Spider-Man movie. I 100% agree with you on that. But in terms of the live-action stuff, I would probably say it's the best one. Uh, I I don't know. It, maybe it's just that new car smell with the newer ones. Mm-hmm. I really, really enjoyed um, the first one that they just did. Oh, God. The titles throw me off with the um, Homecoming. Sorry, mm. Spider-Man Homecoming. I really, really like that movie. You know, I, I actually got confused excellent. by what the titles were too, but my son asked me today what the movies were called because he's yeah. seen both of them in the theaters too. And I said, I had to look it up. I'm like, oh, yeah, first one's Homecoming. The second one is Far From Home. And now this upcoming one is No Way Home. No Way Home, yeah. Yeah, which uh, we're going to go see that Thursday night, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. I will be there yeah. in the flesh. Yeah, I'm super excited about that one. Uh, those are uh, thank, thank you to a uh, certain listener uh, watch or listens to the show every week. Got us our our tickets in advance, so we didn't get a chance to miss out. Because uh, this is one of those movies. I have a feeling that if you don't see it opening weekend, you're probably going to get it spoiled for you. Oh uh, yeah. Well, I mean, if you don't see it opening night and shit, there's our like producer Adams already gotten it spoiled for him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, just from the soundtrack, apparently. So yeah, don't if it, you want spoiler free, just avoid anything that says Spider Man No Way Home. Uh, yeah, and which I do because I remember you got uh, Star Wars Episode Seven spoiled for you. Oh, dude, yeah, and, right before, like hours before we went because we went and got tickets for the very first showing of it. And right. uh, when you buy movies, they come with those digital copies, and I was part of a group that. Uh, traded those and there's a I got a Facebook message he sent it to everybody in the group with a uh, what he was looking for and then at the very end of his list had all the spoilers for uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens what a dick move that was I was so pissed off that I decided that I wasn't going to go I was like I'm not going and then my wife had to talk me into it she's like you're going to kick yourself in the ass if you don't go just go you're still going to like it. Yeah, I, I remember that day. <laughs> and I'm not going to spoil that movie for anybody because it's still, what was that, 2015? I uh, don't know. I don't, I'm bad with dates anyway. Yeah, I think it was like 2015. Year we're in. 15, yeah, like pretty much from 2000, like March of 2020 on, everything just kind of runs together at this point. Right, because the world kind of stopped turning at that point. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I know this movie is easily the most anticipated uh, movie of the the pandemic era of film. Yeah, it's sold more tickets than anybody else, I believe. Um, sold the most tickets for pre-sale since Avengers Endgame. Yeah, and that's, that's saying something. Mm. Which, uh, yeah, I mean, I've gone to the movie. Th- I don't go as much as I used to, but... I know I've gone to some pretty big movies since they've released them, and 
I think the only time I went to a packed auditorium was when we went and seen Black Widow. Yeah, I, yeah, that was probably the closest, and that didn't do anywhere near the sales that Spider-Man's doing. Right. So, yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to this one. But since we were kind of talking real quick about uh, you mentioned uh, you like the newer Spider-Man movies, who's your favorite Spider-Man? Uh, it's actually uh, Andrew Garfield for me. Really? Even though, yeah, even though he was in the worst Spider-Man movies, I still think he's the best Spider-Man. I just think I, the way that he acts it, he he feels the Spider-Man character, like the, you know, all the death that happens around him and, you know, feels the weight of being Spider-Man. I feel like he portrays it in his face better than the other two. Mm-hmm. Not saying he's a better actor. I just feel like he portrayed it a little bit better. Um, but we'll see what happens with this new one. Um, I, I do like Tobey Maguire. Actually, I like both of them. I keep I f- keep forgetting the kid's name in the new one. Sorry. Tom Holland. Tom Holland, thank you. That's I. That's why I kept saying the new one instead of his name. Or as he's known outside of the Spider-Man uh, universe as uh, Zendaya's boo. Yes. That's a that's pretty good boo to be. Correct. Um, but I, I really like Tom Holland. Um, depending on what he does in this movie, he may be... You know, may end up being my favorite Spider-Man. Mm. Tobey Maguire was good, but he he's kind of old. <laughs> you know, Spider-Man. I watched when I watched that today. That's the first thing that popped in my head. It's like, man, he is a he's an old looking Spider-Man because because yeah. Spider-Man Two takes place what roughly a couple of years after they've gotten out of high school. Yeah, because yeah, Peter Parker's still in college. Uh, Harry's taking over Oscorp. Mary Jane's a successful Broadway actress. So, yeah, it's a couple of years afterward. And, like, Tobey Maguire looks like he's 30. He probably was 30, too. Yeah, I think he was, actually. <laughs> I I have no – that's like me being out there being Spider-Man. I have no fucking business being Spider-Man. I'm too old. Um, I went as Spider-Man for, uh, actually, your sister's first Halloween party. And that's a decision that I regret immensely then i will never wear something that skin tight ever again <laughs> showing off the old bell hammer there <laughs> if that's what you want to call it <clears throat> being in october it looked like a one of the little acorns <laughs> yeah i oh, look hey. like uh when uh you know when you buy uh those like those dinner rolls and you have to like peel off the paper and you have to hit the can you have to hit the can on like side of your counter and everything comes spilling out. That's if I would have split that just a little bit, that's what I would look like. Oh man, I'm I'm really sorry that I missed that one. Uh yeah, that party got kind of wild. Yeah, oh I heard. Yeah. But um for me, I think I like Tom Holland the best because Tom Holland is kind of how I picture Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I mean, he looks like he's a teenager. I mean, he looks like he's probably 17. He kind of has that, like, that boyish, he's kind of naive to an extent. The world's, he's still trying to learn his way around the world. Right. He's snarky, but he's not too snarky. I mean, he tries to be funny and has these little quips, but he's not like, I think the thing I hated with Garfield is I think he got a little too, uh, I don't know. It's, a little too, he was a little too cocky at times. Yeah, yeah. he was a little arrogant. 
at times where Tom Holland kind of reigns that in a little bit. Yeah, he put Tom Holland definitely plays the the nerd version a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I'd say I'd say Garfield would be more like what Tobey Maguire was supposed to be, you know, a little bit older Spider-Man, mm-hmm. you know, where he he's beating the shit out of everybody and talking all kinds of shit. Right. That would have been hit more his niche, which, you know, I, Tom Holland definitely looks like he's a kid, even though he's like, what, 26 now or whatever. So yeah. he's just blessed with good genes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, I would say that probably Garfield's probably my least favorite, but in all due respect, I haven't seen The Amazing Spider-Man probably... It's probably a year after it came out in theaters, and I only seen The Amazing Spider-Man 2 when it was in theaters. I haven't watched it since. Oh, yeah. I refused to watch that movie. That movie was so bad. I was ready to quit watching it. I was mm. ready to leave. That movie was fucking horrible. Yeah. Um, I know we... I think we own it in our digital collection, but I have not bothered to watch it once. I don't think either one of us bought that, though. I think somebody gave it to us. I think they did. I think they did. Because I, I have no reason to buy that movie. That movie sucks. Right. But, yeah, I, I like Toby a lot. Um, but, yeah, just watching Spider-Man 2 today, Toby was a little old. Yeah. Oh. But, yeah, I, 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 I Garfield has his, like, I think he has some good qualities that he's brought to the role, too. Um I I think in terms of like the emotional aspect of it, I think Toby probably plays it the best. But I think it's kind of like with Batman. I think to be a good Spider-Man, you have to be a good Peter Parker too. And right. I kind of believe Tom Holland is both a little bit more. Although Toby for sure has the best suit of the three. Oh, yeah. Toby's the, the, the Spider-Man. Spider-Man too. Oh, yeah. That suit is fucking awesome. Yeah. Although I do like Iron Spider, the one that they had in, uh, was it Endgame or mm. Infinity? It was Infinity know. War when he's like on the ship. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that one's cool too. I like the Iron Spider. Yeah. Well, hey, you ready to get to these categories? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, Spider-Man 2 was released on June the 30th, 2004. This stars Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, Alfred Molina, and James Franco. Directed by Sam Raimi. A Rotten Tomatoes score of 93% from critics and 82% from audiences. This movie made $789 million on a $200 million budget. It's insane. Mm-hmm. This did win an Academy Award for Best Visual Effects. Yeah, when I was uh, starting my research, I saw that it won an Academy Award. I was going to ask you what it was for. Mm-hmm. But I should have known you were going to tell us. Yeah. that's Well, it's part of the, the tale of the tape, you know, if you win an award. I don't know if we're going to ever do, like, the Razzies. Do you know what the Razzies are? Yeah, that's the worst movies of the year. Yeah, they do. It's like they do it the night before the Oscars. It's just like they award, like, the shit of the shit. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll add that. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, Ben Affleck, two-time Razzie Award winner. <laughs> um, this movie is currently streaming on the cock. Nice. Everybody hop on that cock and yeah, watch it. Jump on the cock so you can watch the Spider-Man movies before this new one comes out. <laughs> just don't get anywhere near me. I just make babies all the time. Yeah. Yeah, just be careful around the cock. <laughs> Might be some stuff you don't like. 
<laughs> oh man, I'm gonna start calling it that now. I have called it. I heard it on uh, who I forget who called it the cock. I think uh, I listened to Bill Simmons a lot, uh-huh. and I heard him refer to it as that, and I was like, God damn, that's fucking brilliant. So I'm gonna start calling it that too. It is. That is. That's excellent. I think uh, I've heard a couple other uh, shows refer to it as the cock too, but it's it's perfect. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't know how you can go wrong. Calling and you and I are juvenile anyway, so we might as well just run with it. That is correct. Uh, the William Somerset the, uh, Research Corner. Uh, did you know that there was a rumor that Sony, for a period of time, fired Toby Maguire? Yeah, I saw that. Fired him, and then he. It, the way it was worded was weird. Like he got fired and and decided to come back and do it anyway, or something. Yeah, the rumor is that uh, Toby Maguire wanted more money. Um, I guess as I was researching this too, he wanted something like twenty-five or thirty million dollars, or he wanted twenty percent of the the points, which is basically mm-hmm. like what the movie makes after everything's paid for. Sony said no. I guess he faked some kind of back injury. So the rumor is Sony fired him, and they had Jake Gyllenhaal lined up to replace him. And then all of a sudden, Toby Maguire's back gets better, and he comes back and takes the role. You know, I'm sitting here thinking. I wonder how. I wonder how Jake Gyllenhaal would have done that. He's a very good actor, but he was. He also, even though when he was young, like, you know, in his movies when he was young, he still looked older. He's got one of those faces where he just looks older. Right. Plus, he kind of has a bit of an edge to him. Yeah. I don't think it would have been right for Spider-Man. No, he was good. Was he was good as Mysterio? I was just getting ready to bring that up. Uh, he ended up playing uh, Mysterio in Spider-Man: Far From Home. Just make <laughs> sure we don't confuse these home movies. Got to keep that shit straight. Which actually very good, uh, very good villain in that. He was. Uh, that's the one thing I'll say about these uh, Marvel Spider-Man movies is so far they've gotten the villains. Because I think that's the one complaint I've always had with the Marvel movies is with the exception of Thanos and Loki and maybe a couple other villains, they really kind of struggle developing good villains. But Spider-Man movies, I think, have done really well. Well, I think part of the problem with Marvel villains is they're trying to introduce you like so many different characters. They have to go through and give everybody's backstory so then they don't really have time to you know, give you the right villain or give you the background on a villain and a superhero. They just don't have time to do that. Mm. That's true. Well, you know, like, too, though, I mean, you can, like, with Spider-Man as an example, I mean, I think one of the things that's benefited that is they didn't really go into the, uh, which they've done for both the other Spider-Man stories, is they had to go through Uncle Ben's death. They kind of spared you from that because kind of you already know what happens. No need to rehash it for a third time. Motherfucker got shot. He got shot. Which, man, watching that today, that scene where he confesses to, he see, like, why he left, uh, he didn't go to the library to study. It's like, man, that kind of hits you a little bit, man. I felt bad for uh, Aunt May. Yeah. Did you know that the original title for this movie at one point was The Amazing Spider-Man? I did not. Isn't uh, the Amazing Spider-Man? Wasn't that the name of the cartoon back in the eighties? I or think early so. Nineties or whatever that was. 
Yeah, I think it, they uh, they had a. Uh, I think they had the cartoon was called The Amazing Spider Man. At this point, too, I wasn't into the the cartoons. I do I do remember they made some made for TV movies called Spider Man. I think that was called The Amazing Spider Man too. Which the guy that played Spider Man looked like I did at that Halloween party. <laughs> I had a bit of a gut. <laughs> had his Jimmy all on display. And he had like these uh for his web slingers, he had like it looked like these gray, these silver wristbands. It looked like like wrist like the silver wristband. Like when you see like a, a time uh was that a Timex? Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> like one of them clinch bands. Like he had uh-huh. just two of those and they shot webs out of them. <laughs> really weird. Would have been cool if he would have had like one of those. What is this snap? Uh, snap scrunchie. All those snap. Are those snap were? bracelets? Snap bracelet. That would. Oh, dude, my daughter hilarious. loves those things. I can't believe they're still around. Oh yeah, she fucking loves them. She's like, "Daddy, let me slap your wrist," and she'll just go. Psh, psh. <laughs> um, Robert De Niro, Ed Harris, David Duchovny, Liev Schreiber, and Sam Neill were all considered at one point to play Otto Octavius. Yeah, sitting here listening to those names, I can't. Uh, Alfred Molina all the way. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I maybe, maybe Lee F. Schreiber. Maybe, but I don't know. It's still kind of a stretch. Yeah. Well, because Lee F. Schreiber is like a man's man. and He's fucking Ray Donovan, you know that? Yeah. He'll break your legs. <laughs> That's right. Uh, he's like a man's man, and Doc Ock is a, brilliant scientist and when i think a brilliant scientist i don't typically think of somebody who's just fucking like six foot three jacked mm-hmm. plus lee f schreiber is the voice of nfl films now too oh that's cool yeah he does all like all the like the nfl film stuff too like when they he do like those them. documentaries and stuff i know he used i think he used to narrate the america's game that series they have on the nfl network mm-hmm. he does have the voice for it mm-hmm. so Early drafts of the script had the uh, character of Black Cat in it, which uh, Black Cat is kind of like the Spider-Man version of Catwoman. Okay. Sometimes she's a villain. Sometimes she's a love interest. Sometimes she's an ally of Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I, as you know, I have a PlayStation 5, and I played the, uh, the PlayStation 4 Spider-Man, but they've like upgraded it for PS5. And Black Cat is on there, so that's one way that I actually learned about that character. Because I, I like Spider Man, but and I like all these movies, but I'm not. Big, I was never big into comics, mm-hmm. so I'm kind of learning as I go. Okay. Good deal. So well, yeah, Spider Man. I learned. I've I've always felt with Spider Man. Spider Man and Batman have the best collection of villains. There's I, quite a few of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like. I mean, most superheroes have one or two, like, really good villains, and the rest of them are kind of like, oh, those guys kind of suck. But Batman has probably seven or eight really cool villains, and same with Spider-Man. There's and a couple. Important. Yeah, uh, Spider-Man's even had a couple that haven't even shown up in movies yet. Like, I'm a huge fan of Kraven the Hunter, mm-hmm. and they haven't introduced him yet at all in any of these movies, which I find kind of weird. Uh, I wonder if they will with that uh, Jared Leto movie that's coming out. Oh, Morbius? Morbius, because isn't Craven, uh, isn't he a vampire? No, Craven is kind of like a, uh, 
He's kind of a big game hunter type of guy. Oh, okay. Well, I'm way off then. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he goes after Spider-Man because he feel like it's kind of like uh, when those guys go on those safaris, they try to kill like tigers and shit. Yeah. That's kind of what Craven is. And, uh, and humans are the most dangerous animal or whatever that line is. The most dangerous most game of all. Yeah. All which, uh, by the way, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you this now. Uh, at the end of January, we're doing hard target. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Van Dam mullets. Hunting humans for sport. <laughs> and uh, was it Wilford Brimley? Yeah. That's happening. Diabetes. Yeah, that's happening. Um, last one that I have is uh, Rosemary Harris, who played Aunt May. Uh, that scene where she gets uh, kidnapped. By uh, Doc Ock. Mm-hmm. She did a lot of her own stunts in that movie. That yeah, scene. I read about that. That's yeah. pretty sweet. Then later on, I guess apparently there's a scene they cut out of the movie where she she sees Peter jumping from like one ledge to another. Mm-hmm. And then she does the same thing and she ends up breaking her ankle just like Tom Cruise. Oof. Jesus. That's totally fabricated. That's a total lie. She didn't do that. But Oh, that would have been awesome. Yeah. But only if she did what Tom Cruise did and got up and ran on it. Yeah, she ends up becoming like they. She was actually going to play Ethan Hunt in the Mission Impossible movies after that, and they decided <laughs> not to. Like Rosemary, we appreciate you doing your own stunts, but come on, like, Tom. Tom's got this. All right, now I'm what do you got, dude? Kid. Um, so when they're uh, when the Daily Bugle is trying to come up with a name for Doc Ock, uh, they mention the name Doctor Strange, which uh, J. Jonah Jameson says that's a great name, but it's already taken. So this is the first time that Doctor Strange is mentioned in it. It's not really an MCU movie. Well, it, it I think it's going to be. We don't know what's going to happen in the next movie, but I believe that it's going to be, you know, folded into the MCU at that point. So this would be the first uh, iteration of Doctor Strange's name being mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, when I heard that, I was I. Uh, I forget who I went and seen this with, but I remember nudging him like, fuck, they're going to come out of the Doctor Strange movie, which I thought they were. Like, yeah. oh, fuck, he's coming. And then, because I always thought that character was super cool anyways, and of course it never happened until, what, like 15 years later? Yeah. Uh, was it 15 that that came out? Somewhere no, it, was pro- it was, it wasn't quite that long, because this came out in 2004. Doctor Strange was, what, 17? That's what I was saying. I think it's 15, isn't it? 13, 14, 15 years, somewhere in that neighborhood. Whatever. It came out. That's all we know. Long um, fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> years. Um, one of the things that happened with this movie, there's a lot of scenes that are filmed outside, um, and it did not rain a single time when they were filming outdoor scenes. Really? Yeah. I don't know how that happens because it rains a lot in New York. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, well, mm-hmm. it just... Yeah, like, uh, you and I have been to a music festival here or there uh, that's notorious for getting, like, postponed and delayed because of the weather. That's true. We need the uh, we need to just bring the Spider-Man 2 crew with us because apparently they're good at holding off the room. Yeah, just, hey, Sam Raimi, uh, here's tickets to Sonic Temple. <laughs> you don't even have uh, to, don't even have to be, the, like, in the, the arena just... Come to Columbus that weekend. 
testing with this movie was done with focus groups to determine the film's title. Um, you said Amazing Spider-Man was one of them. Uh, also considered was Spider-Man No More and Spider-Man 2 Lives. Lives. Yeah. Those are fucking... I don't fucking, know if it was Lives or Lives, but yeah. I'd say Lives. Oh, those are fucking bad. <laughs> oh, those are horrible. Like Spider Man uh, Two, Spider like Spider Man Lives sounds like a like that's a Superman title. That's like would be like on Superman Three or Four. Yeah, Oof, that's bad. Oof, Spider Man uh, Two. We'll just go with that, which works. But uh, I did see that meme that uh, I believe one of our listeners sent in that said, uh, "Do I have to see Spider Man One, Two, Three, One, Two, One, Two to see Spider Man Three? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the last one I got, um, so this is 2004, correct? Mm-hmm. You know, high-speed internet had really just taken off at that point. So uh, piracy with movies was starting to get real big. Piracy with movies and music and all that was real big back then. Mm-hmm. So this movie was sent to cinemas under the name Spray Paint so that uh, people hacking into the, to the databases wouldn't try to steal it. Mm-hmm. Well, now they all come in, like, basically, like, these giant hard drives now. Yeah, it's, they're all digital, and they all play off of uh, computers. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, the local theaters here when they were shipping stuff out that, like, movies that weren't playing anymore. They used to have these gigantic carrying cases with the films in them. Man, film. That's, and it's, film wasn't that long ago. I mean, the original Lord of the Rings was film. Mm-hmm. Still a couple guys that uh, shoot on that. I know uh, Tarantino and Chris Nolan are big proponents of shooting on film still. Yeah, they like to do the 35-millimeter IMAX, right? Yeah, I think. I'm trying to think. I don't know if it was Nolan or Tarantino that saved uh, Kodak because they provided all the film that studios used. And I think, I think it's Nolan. Yeah, I think it I was. Think I remember reading that. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I mean, like I know, uh, I know that uh, movies had shot under like working titles to prevent people from like spoiling it. Like nowadays, like it seems like he always like any kind of big movie. There's always somebody. Oh, hey, here's the first first photos from the set of the Batman. Here's Robert Pattinson as Batman and right. shit like that. But yeah, I remember they used to a lot of times they'd have like working titles. It would be something. Really weird. Like, you know, like Batman returns a shot under like Dexter's bowl of soup or some shit like that, you know? <laughs> Superman returns Dick Stain. That's what it was called. That could also describe the movie. That is correct. All right. Well, that's good stuff, man. Um, the I Drink Your Milkshake Award for the best scene of the movie. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. I think you and I are pretty much in agreement for this one, but I'll let you present your nominee to the the court. What do you got? Uh, To me, the best scene is when uh, the runaway uh, train, Mm. Spider-Man stops the runaway train. Mm -hmm. And that's become kind of a synonymous thing with Spider-Man now. And every Spider-Man movie, he's got to, you know, use his webs to stop either uh, like no way home or, Homecoming, I think it was Homecoming. 
when he pulls the ship together with all of his webs, mm-hmm. you know, cause it got split apart. That scene came from pretty much that train scene. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's the best scene. And it, it also shows that, you know, he's a young kid that is human. And even though he's superhuman, he's still human. And when he stops that train, he passes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all the people carry his body for him and all that stuff. Yeah, like I think that I I like that scene too. That's my that's my favorite one too. Um, I think it just it's the for me it's not so much like the fight sequence on the train between Doc Ock. It's like what happens afterward is the fact that you know like like you said he's not he's a superhero but he's not superhuman. You know, right? I mean he's stronger than like you know your average person. He's got these special abilities, but yeah, like that took everything out of him to stop that train, and then you know. He gets ready to fall off the front of it. He's getting ready to fall down. They catch him, and they bring him back in the train. He has the mask off by then, which I thought that was a really cool uh, move by Sam Raimi to have the mask off when he's doing that. Mm-hmm. And just uh, where they they kind of carry him back, and then you know he wakes up, and he realizes he doesn't have his mask on. He's like, fuck, everybody knows who I am. And like the kids give him his mask back, and... Yeah, it, you couldn't get away with that now because everybody's got a cell phone, so mm-hmm. you know everybody would know who Spider Man is. Yeah, and then they the base of those people they tell him, you know, like, hey, you know, your secret's safe with us. And I think it kind of it's a payoff for like kind of the theme of the movie is like you know Spider Man one was more. You have these response, you know, you have this great power now. You know, be sure to use it responsibly. You know, don't use it for bad. Use it for good. Right. And now this one, it's like Spider-Man's kind of like a thankless job. You know, like Peter Parker's always late for school. He's failing school. He's super smart. He he loves Mary Jane, but he can't be with her because he's Spider-Man. He's losing his best friend. Aunt May's losing her house. He's lost his uncle. It's just like he... can pay his rent. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he's saving the city. And it's like, you know, even you know, he quits being Spider-Man for a while because he's like, I got live my life right because he's tired of like not getting any kind of payoff for this and then i think understandable i mean if you're if you're doing something that's great for everybody and constantly getting shit on i mean that that reminds me of a certain retail place that you and i used to work you know we did great work but still got shit on so yeah i mean we don't we didn't save the city or anything but you don't know that yeah, you're saving the city one TV at a time. Somebody that breaks their TV right before the Super Bowl, and they come in, and we get them a TV loaded in their car. Yeah. Hey, we were that person's hero that day. That's right, we were. But I just think that that, that whole sequence kind of pays off emotionally for the movie. And it, I tell you what, like that was that kind of hits you emotionally a little bit too. When like they carry him in there, then like they basically they tell him that like his secret's safe with us. And then like Doc Ock comes back and they mm-hmm. all, they stand in front of him to protect him. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. It kind it, and it kind of shows actually that was a, that's a good Spider-Man thing too, to show because Spider-Man is traditionally disliked by the media, obviously with J Jonah Jameson, the police don't necessarily like him all the time. And, you know, obviously villains as well. Uh, but, normal everyday people on the street love Spider-Man because mm-hmm. he's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. You know, he takes care of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think that this is probably one of the easiest uh, choices for a best scene that we've done so far. Was this yeah, one here? It, it's easily the best scene in the movie. Right. Although, an honorable mention is when uh, Doc Ock pulls that building down on him because you just feel like, you know, the man's in so much pain. But he's also, you know, he realizes what he did and he doesn't want to hurt anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I do like the sequence that leads uh, leads up to the finale when uh, he... Because that's another iconic, at least it for a while it was, is when he tosses the car through the coffee shop window mm-hmm. and Peter Parker, his spider sense is tingled and he feels his car coming and he saves Mary Jane right before it hits, hits him. Right. That was a very prominent scene for quite a long time. Of course, yeah, the, think, the train sequence took over, I think. I th- yeah, I think that, well, I think in some ways it gets replicated because you see a lot of superheroes kind of, when a car's flipping, they kind of either jump on it or they mm. stop it. Right. Same kind of idea. So mm. a lot of I think a lot of the stuff in the future was, you know, made by this movie. Mm. Yeah, I I mean there's a couple of really good sequences in here, but yeah, I think the the train sequence is the the way to go. Right. I agree. The I don't like sand, it's coarse, it's rough award for the worst or most unnecessary sequence in the movie. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. This is kind of being a little nitpicky, but uh, I nominated the uh, the raindrops keep falling on my head montage, not because it doesn't work. I think it does for this, but I think Sam Raimi kind of revisits that again with three. Yeah. When Spider-Man gets the symbiote, and I'm not going to say symbiote because that's not how you say it. I was waiting to see what you were, how you were going to say it. But yeah, when he kind of gets that symbiote and he's, he becomes emo Peter Parker for a, a brief moment and they have that James Brown song playing as he's walking through the streets, that does not work for that movie at all. That movie doesn't work anyway. Right, and I, <laughs> I, I, I nominate this because I think he thought that that would work again in three and it doesn't. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't have necessarily a worse scene. Um, I couldn't come up with one anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, the scene, that scene itself is not bad. I think it works in the conjunction with that movie. I just think that it was kind of a little bit of lazy storytelling with the writers of three, and then Sam Raimi just like, yeah, we'll put another dance, like a uh, song sequence montage in this. And yeah, the three, it doesn't work at all. Yep, he couldn't put it up and put it down. Put it down. The King Kong ain't got shit on me award for the best line of the movie. Uh, King Kong ain't got shit on me. What do you have? Uh, I have when uh, J. Jonah Jameson is on the phone with his wife, and they're uh, they're planning out the wedding for their son. <laughs> he goes, "Dear, we agreed to put on a wedding, not go into bankruptcy. Caviar? Who are we inviting? The czar? Mm-hmm. Get some cheese and crackers. Oh, and some of those little cocktail weenies." I actually like my favorite line is when uh, at the uh, the end when Mary Jane leaves his son at the altar, and he's uh-huh. sitting there. They're shocked. They kind of know what happens, and he goes, uh, "I forget the woman's name." He goes, "Call the the caterer, tell her not to open the caviar." Yeah, <laughs> I just I, anything really that that's just one line from J. Jonah Jameson. I think uh, J.K. Simmons is just brilliant as him. 
Hey, he's coming. He's coming up. <laughs> um, I, for me, I have the, uh, this is from Aunt May. It's when she's moving out of uh, her and Ben's house to get the apartment. Mm-hmm. And uh, the kid's helping her move, and her and Peter are kind of reconciling after the, the bombshell Peter drops on her. Yeah. Like, or earlier in the movie. She says, uh, there's a hero in all of us that keeps us honest, gives us strength, makes us noble, and finally allows us to die with pride, even though sometimes we have to be steady and give up the thing we want most, even our dreams. Which is kind of the theme, like like I was saying earlier, there seems to be like, with this too, there's like a line of dialogue that kind of sums up the theme of the movie. And in Spider right. Spider Man one it was obviously the with great power comes great responsibility. And then this one I think is the theme of two. Is you know, like sometimes to you know, you have to be the hero, you can't always get you can't have everything. Right. You yeah, have to give up stuff. It's kind of the the superhero really badge of honor. I mean, Batman mm-hmm. hated a lot by the police in the city, you know, and He's, you know, it's the same. It's the same thing for all of them. You know, so there's always somebody out there who doesn't appreciate what you do for them. Maybe when you were saving one person, you accidentally killed another. Like Iron Man and Iron Man Three. Mm-hmm. You know, when they dropped Sokovia, uh, or maybe that was Civil War. It was Civil. That War. That was Civil War. Yeah. Yeah, where the uh, Avengers Two, where they dropped Sokovia and all those people died. You know, so it's like it's one of those. It's a thing as a superhero. It's mm-hmm. an it's an, a great line. It's a perfect way to describe a hero, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what wins? Uh, Aunt May wins. Yeah. Uh, Rosemary Harris gets two awards in this movie. She gets an uh, honorable mention in the uh, the William Somerset Research Corner, becoming essentially like the f- early forerunner Tom Cruise, <laughs> and she wins the uh, the King Kong and got shit on me award. Good on her. Yeah, good for you. Actually, she got nominated for an Oscar uh, a couple years after Spider-Man 2. Did she? I don't remember what movie it was, but I think she was, uh, yeah, she was in her 70s when these came out, so. Rosemary Harris, you go, girl. She was good. She was really good. Yeah. Um, Now, for me, the next award is the McLovin Award for the Best Supporting Performance. I am McLovin. Also, think you and I are in agreement for this, but just to uh, take the mystery, I, go ahead and throw it out there. Who wins this one for you? Uh, J.K. Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> as, as J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. And I, I love the fact that they that when Disney uh, started writing for Sony with these newer ones, the home series, we'll call it, um, that he's back as J. Jonah Jameson. I think that's fucking brilliant. Right, that because he's there's no other J. Jonah Jameson, and he's that he's he's that in the uh, Spider-Man games too. Yeah, I think that um, in terms of comic book characters and like the actors or actresses that play them, I think they do a pretty good job of like nailing it. Like, I think uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark is probably the best of like the, a major superhero. But mm-hmm. I think in terms of just nailing anybody, 
I don't think there's a better marriage of actor and character than J.K. Simmons and Jameson. Yeah, it's he's perfect. It's it's like the role was really made for him, and I'm glad that he keeps doing it too. Right, and like you said earlier, it's like he's so awesome in this that like uh, Kevin Feige is like didn't even bother to try to recast this. Like, nope, we got to get J.K. Simmons for this. And thank God that he had that vision because yes, yeah, he is J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, and uh, hey, we kind of spoiled it a little bit, but uh, yeah, he does appear in the new Marvel movies and he's in a post credit scene in one of them and yeah that just I remember we seen that and I was like that was actually one of my favorite post credit scenes in any of those Marvel movies is when he yeah, shows had, back up I hadn't seen anything that would like necessarily spoil that either so it was a great surprise mm-hmm. I had no idea he was going to be in it so that was awesome yeah because I remember uh I seen that uh, my wife and I seen that and I kind of like did the thing that you do to me when something awesome happens where you shake me a little bit. Yeah. Grab me by the shoulder and shake you a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, JK wins this. So like he is absolutely perfect as J Jonah Jameson. I mean, even like in the, not so much in the, the Marvel ones, but in the uh, Sony ones, he looks like him too. Yeah. I've actually seen pictures, you know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not big in the comic books, but I've seen pictures of him and he looks like the character from the mm. the comic books. Yeah. I don't think uh J. Jonah Jameson in the comic books is as jacked up as J.K. Simmons, because I don't know if you've seen that dude without a shirt on, but that dude is fucking shredded. Shredded like romaine, romaine salad thing. <laughs> Probably one of the only Tropic Thunder references you'll ever hear on this show, but <laughs> But we love that movie. Right. So yeah, we're in agreement, Jay. J.K. wins this one. He does. I wish we could send him some kind of an award. If anything, just like a like a picture of uh, you know, I don't even know that actor's name, but McLovin on like a popsicle stick, just like, hey man, he won this award on our podcast. He's got he's one of those guys that's got that hyphenated name. There's three names. Yeah, Christopher Mince Plossy or something like that. Yeah, that sounds right. All right. Um, the Eric Stoltz Award for the performer that you would recast. I didn't really have anybody for this. No, I think everybody played their role pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody's pretty good in this. I mean, I can't really see like recasting anybody. I mean, I guess if I had to pick one, I would maybe do Kirsten Dunst. Although I, th- I think she's pretty good as Mary Jane. Of course, now you considering that he uh, may or may not be a POS human being, James Franco. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say James Franco may need replacing in this because he's good, but he's I don't know. I, a lot of the the characters are just like the people, the actors that play their characters are just top notch. He's just okay. Mm-hmm. As Harry. Yeah. He's actually one of the best parts of three, though. Dude, it's been so long. I, I watched three. I think I watched it twice, and I got it free with when I got a PlayStation 3. Mm-hmm. You remember they were doing that promo where they were giving it away? Yeah, you got that and, in Talladega Nights, didn't you? Uh, yeah. Which, by the way, I have no fucking clue what happened to my Talladega Nights. But that's another story another day. <laughs> um, but I think I seen it in theaters, and then I seen it on the Blu-ray. And then I was like, you know, this movie's not good. I, I'm done. I remember when uh, Spider-Man 3 came out, we got tickets to see it at the I- I- an IMAX uh, 
Theater in Columbus. Mm-hmm. And the uh, one of our friends decided to drive. And it's, this is in the, the precursor to having a GPS on your phone. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if you remember MapQuest. I do. I do remember. You just have to MapQuest. print out the, the directions to the, the like wherever you're going. Uh-huh. Had a, a MapQuest printout. And he got us lost, and he drove around the theater for a good 10 minutes. <laughs> and by the time we got there, we got there five minutes to go, and we had to sit in the very front row at an IMAX showing of Spider-Man 3. Which oh, that's awful. You, did you go – we went and seen Spectre. Did you go to that yeah, with we were in the Yeah, we were in the front row. For yeah, Spectre. if you ever go to an IMAX showing, the front row is just the worst place to fucking sit for one of them. Because you're no, like, you're looking up and the screen's massive anyways, and it just, it sucks. It sucks if, so bad. If they're going to have a front row of IMAX, they shouldn't have a second row, you know what I mean, right behind it. Because, you know, ours has that front row, second row, and then the aisle. It should just be that front row, and you should be able to lay your seat all the way back. That's the only way, because, dude, I my neck hurt for like three days after mm-hmm. watching Spectre. Right. I, I think with those IMAX auditoriums, I, I think that they should just cut that front row out that's yeah i mean it would make but you know they want to make money right well i mean they already charge more anyways it's true but enough bitching about imax still my favorite way to see a movie in the movie theater until we get to see one of them uh, movies in the dolby cinemas yeah i I still want to go to one of them i don't know if we have one in ohio yeah we have one in uh columbus is there Mm mm-hmm and that's that's Atmos and uh, Laser, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's uh, sweet. I think it's at the mall, the mall AMC theater they have there. Oh, okay, uh, Easton probably. Yeah, I think that's where it's at. Don't hold me to that, but yeah, I know we do have one because I remember who was it? Me and somebody discussing. Always once I, they had once upon a time in Hollywood playing at that back in nine yeah nineteen, and we had discussed going to see that at that cinema. But it's like you know what I I don't know if it's worth thirty dollars to see if yeah, that's, that's a bit of cheddar to see a, a you know a Tarantino movie and you know if it would have something like a big a big spectacle type movie I could maybe justify it a little more, but. That movie is awesome, but I don't know if it's thirty dollars in a movie theater. Awesome. No. Uh, also, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood coming soon to the Couch Potato Podcast. Excellent. I mean, I say soon. I'm talking within a month soon. I'm talking real fucking soon. Like very soon. I mean, like not <laughs> tomorrow. But way to kick off the new year. Soon. Soon. All right, the final award is the I'm the king of the world for who wins the movie. I'm the king of the world. So, f- who wins the movie for you? Uh, you, you texted me earlier and you said you were going to debate me on this. Uh, so, I will give you my reasons why I think this is true. Uh, Disney and the MCU win this movie. Okay. Because, because it showed that a sequel could be done, a follow-up to a superhero movie sequel could be done in modern times with non-Batman, non-Superman, so non-DC. And I think that gave 
uh, Disney the fuel that they needed to go ahead and start the MCU. And I don't think Iron Man would have happened without this movie. If it hadn't made so much money, I don't think they would have greenlit Iron Man like they did. Well, I, I mean, I see where you're going with that. I just don't see how that affects this movie. Because Sp- Spider-Man 2 is going to make a shit ton of money anyways. And I, I think with the sequel thing, like, I don't think it's set, like, a bar that, like, like this is, like, not the first good uh, comic book sequel. Like, Superman 2, as an example, I actually like better than Superman 1. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, DC had their sequels, but Marvel never really did that really hit. Well, too, Marvel Actually, didn't have a lot of uh, movie properties out at the time of Spider-Man. Exactly, and that's why I think, like... Now, I'm trying to think if X-Men 2 had come out by then. Because if so, X-Men 2 is actually a superior movie to X-Men. Uh, yeah, actually, it probably did, 2001. Because X-Men was 90... 99? 98, And then X-Men 2 was 2001? Well, you keep, you keep talking. I'm going to look it up real quick. Okay, so then maybe who wins the movie because of this, but... How about who wins the who wins this movie? Sony, because Sony has made so much fucking money off of Spider Man, all their properties, like their video games, their movies, their consoles. I mean, they make specific PlayStations and in the spider with Spider Man on it. The Spider Man games are just phenomenal games uh, on PS4 and PS5. X Men Two was two thousand and three, okay. so the year before. Okay, so maybe my argument's a little not not as not great, but I you see where I was coming from. I I see where I seen where you were going. I just like for that though, like yeah, I mean like it didn't break new ground in terms of like a superhero sequel being any good cuz I even like Batman Returns I don't think it's as good as the original 1989 Batman, but it's on par with it. Mhm. Uh and then like I said Superman 2 and then X-Men Two, I think, is much better than X Men One. I agree with that. I think X Men Two is one of the better uh, superhero movies, too. Mm-hmm. Top ten movie. Oh yeah, I I think uh, I think that X Men and then Spider Man kind of set the blueprint for how superhero movies are made now. Yeah, I agree. So so but um, so I originally I had Disney and the MCU, but you're you've your counterpoints made me say, uh, I'm going to say Sony wins because of this movie or wins this movie. Right. Well, I mean, I, yeah, like right now, Spider-Man is pretty much in terms of like Sony studios. That's the only thing they have. They don't really have any kind of other, I mean, shit. Disney has, fuck, I can't even begin to name off all the franchises they have. Um, like Universal has Jurassic Park and the Fast and Furious series. Uh, well, there's not a 20th Century Fox anymore, so that's kind of a... That's Disney. <laughs> yeah. Um, Warner has... Uh, well, I guess it hasn't been as profitable as the Marvel stuff, but they have like their their superhero stuff. They have Harry Potter. But yeah, uh, Sony only has Spider-Man, and that's it. Like you said, they've milked it for everything they can get out of it, and it's still it's still successful. Now, it does make me 
wonder though, like if Marvel hadn't stepped in, like where would Spider-Man be right now? Well, I, if I'm not mistaken, there was talk of Sony selling Spider-Man to Disney. I know Disney approached them about it, mm-hmm. but then that's how they came to this agreement to do a joint venture on the movies. Mm-hmm. So Sony may have tried to do the amazing Spider-Man three. It would have fucking bombed. And then maybe they would have sold it to Disney. Right. And we, and we would have circled around and been where we are anyway. But I think, um, Sony keeping it is keeping in a lot of ways, Sony afloat. Mm. Well, <laughs> Sony too's also vision. been able to spin that off. They've got venom, which has become a successful franchise in itself. True, and then now they got Morbius coming out. I don't know how I feel about Morbius. I've seen the trailers for that. I'm just not. Maybe it's just Jared Leto. Maybe it's just his face. Maybe he needs to quit with the superhero stuff. Well, you know, I felt the same way about Venom, too. I wasn't enamored with Venom. And then I remember we promised my son a movie. And we did, like, here in town, they do a bargain Tuesday. Mm. We could see, like, a movie for, like, like five dollars so we decided to go take him to see venom and i really enjoyed it and i think the second one's just as fun i mean it's it's nothing groundbreaking it's not it's not high art they're kind of stupid but (laughs) they are fucking charming as hell and i love i love tom hardy's eddie brock and those i like the the dialogue between venom and eddie brock i think that makes the whole movie yeah, I, I I think that they've got a really good dynamic together, and I just think those movies are fun, and I, I like the second one as much as I did the first one. Which uh, you still need to see Venom, Let There Be Carnage too. I do. Well, it's a good thing we own it now. Truth. Um, uh, my who, who wins the movie for you? Oh, okay. I was just I was getting ready. Uh, give you my nominee. I chose Alfred Molina. Um, I think, uh, for me, um, action movies in general, whether it's a comic book movie, whether it's a spy movie, cop movie, whatever, I think that the villain to make the movie work, I think the villain has to be just as captivating as the hero. Like, I think that's why for me, my favorite action movie of all time is Die Hard. Mm -hmm. But I think that's a lot of it's because... Hans Gruber is just as cool of a character as John McClane. I agree with that. And I, I think that's why that movie works so well. And I think with this one, um, Alfred Molina kind of created a, uh, a superhero villain that really, I don't think too many superhero movies have been able to to get that formula right where he isn't really a bad guy. He just has something bad happen to him and it kind of, I mean that, that sequence where he's, you know, showing off the fusion and then like his life's work, his whole life crumbles in that moment. Right. Everything he has worked towards goes to shit. And then like in the process, he loses his wife, which he confesses. Like he tells Peter early on, like, you know, like, how much he loves his wife. And he's explaining the whole love thing to him and have their meeting. And I, I, I think he's just kind of created like such a nuanced character that you really, you kind of sympathize with him. 
Yeah, he's relatable. Like we've all been there to where yeah. we feel like we would snap if the X and X or X Y Z happen or whatever. Right. And I I really like I've I think I've said this before. I don't know if I'm on record of saying it or not, but I think the best comic book villain of all time is Heath Ledger's Joker. I I may have uh, even mentioned that in our Dark Knight episode, which you can find on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get podcast. Boom. But I think uh, Alfred Molina's Doc Ock is number two. Uh, yeah, it's hard to argue with you. I mean, between him and I, I also think Thanos was excellent. But I think, I think Thanos was a really slow burn, and then they—it was almost like a volcanic eruption. Right. However, went from a match to a volcanic eruption. However, I think a lot of what makes Thanos work is kind of taken from Doc Ock. He kind of, he develops that motive. And it's not like, I don't think it's quite the same thing. Thanos kind of has an idea and he thinks that his way is the best way. Right. And I think Thanos is a good villain. I think he's the best villain at the Marvel. Well, no, I I like Loki a little better. Yeah, I was going to say, I think Loki's probably the best villain that they've had so far. Yeah. But, um, no, I mean, like, I, th- I think a lot of what makes Thanos good is taken from Molina's performance from his Doc Ock. And here's another thing. We said that uh, J. Jonah Jameson, J.K. Simmons' portrayal of him was so good that Marvel brought him back. They did the same thing. They could have easily replaced Alfred Molina, and they could have had uh, Tom Holland's Doc Ock. But instead... They brought back Alfred Molina. You know what I mean? I was, uh, yeah, I was sitting here thinking, like, did they introduce a Doc Ock? I don't think they have. No, they haven't done Doc Ock. They've done Mysterio and the Vulture. And well, the you know, sometimes they'll, like, it'll be, like, a passing character that it'll just be a little off, off-handed off line, and I, I, wasn't, I couldn't remember if they had done something like that. Yeah, I mean, they could have done where they brought, they could have brought back villains from... Toby Maguire's, you know, Spider-Man universe. They could have brought back villains from, which they've done. They brought back. I mean, I don't think it's a big secret that Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin is in this. Yeah, and then uh, I mean, they've alluded to in the poster that Electro is in this from Garfield's Spider-Man universe. But they could have done a Doc Ock from Tom Holland's universe too. But no, they brought Alfred Molina back. So that shows you how good he was. They brought him back. Yeah, I think, uh, I think unfortunately, uh, you know, superhero movies are kind of crapped on um, in Hollywood as being kind of, I don't even know how to describe, hokey. Uh, I know a lot of big-time directors think it, it's ridiculous. Yeah, actually, uh, Ridley Scott recently has, has been the latest big director to shit on the superhero genre. Scorsese's done it too. Right. And it's just, and so I think when they do that, some of the higher ups in Hollywood probably think the same way, but I don't think, I, think, I don't think ex- Hollywood executives see it that way. I cause these are cash cows for them right now. That's true. That's why yeah, there's I, so many people trying to get these properties right now. Do you think, uh, if that weren't the case that maybe Alfred Molina would be, nominated for a supporting actor for his portrayal in this? 
in the new one or for the Spider-Man 2? Spider-Man 2. You know what? I'm going to look it up right now and see who got nominated that year for Best Supporting Actor because that is a very good question. I would have personally nominated him, but I also don't want to say that without saying see, see who was, was going nominated. on in 2004. Yeah, because I, I think there's been, and even in like the MCU, Chadwick Boseman for Black Panther. I think he could have been nominated. I mean, just think about that movie made $2 billion worldwide, you know? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just because it's a black superhero. It's because of the way he portrayed that that superhero. Um, best supporting actor in for the 2004 movie season was uh, Morgan Freeman won for Million Dollar Baby. Well-deserved. Yeah. Um, Alan Alda in The Aviator. Thomas Hayden Church in Sideways, which for sure, that's a nominee. He's awesome in that. Um, Jamie Foxx in Collateral, also well-deserved. And Clive Owen in Closer, which I don't remember Closer. That movie is, it's not even that good. Is that the one Uh, where uh, it has Julia Roberts and Natalie Portman? Yeah, Natalie Portman's ass is in it. Okay. She actually got nominated for Best Supporting Actress for that movie, too. Tadow. Uh, yeah, I Closer is not that great, in my opinion. I didn't think it was that great of a movie. So maybe maybe you take Clive Owen out of there and you put Alfred Molina in there. I You know, I don't remember uh, Alan Alda too much from The Aviator. I'm not saying he wasn't great in that. He could have been, but I don't remember him as well. So I could easily take him out of there. But yeah, like you said, though, at the time... Superhero movies were just uh, ways for studios to make money. They weren't really looked at as high art. I think. Yeah, the, I think, you know, his acting in this is should be considered high art. I think so. I, I mean, I don't think it was really until the Dark Knight and then like Black Panther that they start taking the movies a little more seriously. I don't think that they'll ever be, you know, put on the same pedestals like The Godfather or anything like that. But yeah, I could. I. I'd be okay taking like somebody not not the three that I mentioned, but yeah, I think I would have taken uh Alda or uh maybe Clive Owen out. But like I said, I haven't seen closer, so I can't really judge Alan or Clive Owen too much, but I don't remember Alan Alda's performance well enough to say that he should stay. Because I've only seen the aviator once. So yeah, take Alan Alda out, put Alfred Molina in there. Good call. Good call. We should we should run the Oscars. We should. I'm still of the belief that I think that uh, they should reevaluate every few years, and if movie doesn't hold up quite as well, take their award away and give it to the movie that does. Or let them keep it, because at the time, you know, it felt like it was great, and then award it also to somebody else. Nah, just take it away. Just <laughs> give, kick, give me that goddamn kick thing. Kick down the damn door and steal it back. Give me that goddamn map. It's like a fucking SWAT team. It's like uh, that scene in Christmas Vacation when they storm, uh, they storm the Griswold house. Yeah. And then uh, the next door neighbor, she's like 
got that uh, wash rag over her eyes, and she tells him she's going to have to kick down the goddamn door, and then the SWAT team just bursts through her door. Just <laughs> yeah. like that. And that. They're stealing the best picture, or stealing the, the Oscar. By the way, I snuck another Tropic Thunder reference in there. Oh, yeah, you did. I, I caught that. Good call. Um, but who, So, we going with Alfred Molina? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I kind of think we should split the award because I think we agree also that Sony won this one. Yeah, this I mean, I, I, yeah, we can give it to both of them because, yeah, I mean, like I said, yeah, this movie's pretty much keeping Sony pictures afloat at this point. Right. Um, okay, dual winners. First time, I think it's the first time ever we've split that vote. Uh, I don't know. We've done a lot of episodes, and – well, I just want to say thank you to the people that have listened this whole time. We really appreciate you. We do. We do appreciate you listening in. Uh, you know, next week is our 50th episode. Wow. It'll yeah. be like my 23rd. I think you've got a little bit more <laughs> under your belt than that. I was kidding. Well, stay tuned at the uh, the end of the episode. We'll let you know what we're doing next week for that. It's going to be a good one. Really good one. Um, before we wrap uh, this one up, though, Lucas, is there anything you want to add? Uh, no, I mean, I'm glad for this movie cause I'm very excited. Every time a Spider-Man movie comes out now, uh, you know, even when the amazing Spider-Man was coming out, I was very excited. I mean, it's shit all over my world, but, mm. um, anything Spider-Man coming out, I think a lot of it has to do with this movie. Mm. I get really excited. Yeah. So. Um, the only thing I have to add is, uh, if you plan on seeing Spider-Man, no way home, don't be a fucking asshole and spoil it for people that haven't. That's the only thing I ask, because like, as someone who has dealt with that before, and producer Adam kind of had it spoiled for him, don't be that fucking dickhead that ruins it for somebody. Even if you don't like it, or it's not your thing, don't spoil it for somebody who does. What's the point of shitting all over something that somebody likes just for your own personal amusement? Right. Everybody likes something different. If it's not your cup of tea, it's somebody's cup of tea, so don't fuck it up for them. Right. So yeah, just just don't ruin it for anybody, gang. This is a... A big deal, and I think considering how the world has been for the last almost two years, let somebody have something that gives them even two hours of enjoyment, you know? We need this. Yeah. So, all right, well, that's going to wrap up uh, this week's episode. So uh, until next week, we will talk to you guys later. And that's going to wrap up this week's episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. We thank all of you once again for tuning in and just spending just a little part of your day with us. We truly, truly appreciate each and every one of you out there. If you like what you heard, be sure to tell all your friends about us. Spread the word. And if you didn't like it, well, hey, we get it. We've all made a mistake a time or two. We love you anyways. Coming up next Tuesday, we've got a brand new episode. It's our 50th episode to be uh, exact. And to celebrate the occasion, we're going to talk about the 1987 Arnold Schwarzenegger classic, Predator. That ought to be a banger. So we hope you guys tune in. Uh, In the meantime, we hope you enjoy the rest of your week. And until next Tuesday, we will catch you guys later.